Hello and welcome back to Endopod. My name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. This week we're going to be looking at a very prevalent condition that affects millions of people around the world, obesity, and how coronavirus fits into this. According to the World Health Organization, in 2016, 1.9 billion adults were overweight and 650 million of these were classed as obese. The number is ever increasing and obesity brings many other conditions and illnesses along with it. Since the COVID-19 pandemic has started, it has been found that people with obesity are at increased risk of severe infection. Throughout this episode, we'll be exploring why. We'll cover what obesity is and how it comes about, before moving on to explain the different aspects as to why obese people are at high risk. Obesity is defined as excessive fat buildup that may lead to health issues, and the fundamental cause of obesity is that calorie intake exceeds calorie expenditure. Now that we've gone through the scientific definition, it needs to be said that obesity isn't just a simple case of someone overeating. It's a very complex process with genetic, psychological and environmental factors involved. As I mentioned before, along with obesity comes with several health issues, including heart disease, arthritis, diabetes and even some cancers. And these are conditions that increase risk of severe COVID-19 infection. So already we can see the negative impacts of obesity in this scenario. Now let's look at how obesity actually comes about. There are a huge number of factors that go into this, but in this episode, we'll focus on hormones, genetics and the nervous system. We have two major gut hormones that influence our appetites normally, ghrelin and leptin. Ghrelin is our hunger hormone. It helps build an appetite to increase food intake and store fat. Leptin is our fullness hormone. It decreases appetite and tells our brains that we need to stop eating once our stomach becomes full. It acts alongside other similar hormones like glucagon-like peptide 1, peptide YY and cholecystokinin. Genes are behind everything in our body, including these hormones. They control how much leptin and ghrelin an individual has and how effective they are. It is thought that many obese people have built up a resistance to leptin, which normally tells us when we're full, which could be a possible explanation as to why people with obesity may overeat. Normally, ghrelin is suppressed after a meal so that we don't overeat, but obesity is associated with reduced ghrelin suppression after a meal. This is an explanation as to why people with obesity may overeat. There is an imbalance in these hormones and ultimately there is a genetic basis for this. Another important hormone to mention is insulin. It is the main hormone that acts after we've had a meal. It reduces blood sugar levels, promotes the feeling of fullness and much more. Obesity is very much associated with a resistance to insulin. Not only does this mean that people with obesity will overeat, it also leads to type 2 diabetes. Of course, the reverse can also happen with type 2 diabetes causing obesity. We have covered this in more detail in a few of our previous episodes, so feel free to check that out. So, we can already see why obesity isn't a simple case of overeating and why it isn't okay to blame people with obesity for self-inflicting it. Now let's look at how the sympathetic nervous system in our body also contributes to obesity. The sympathetic nervous system is responsible for acting when we are stressed or in danger. It is a well-known fight-or-flight response. When the sympathetic system is active, digestive processes are reduced, the heart beats faster and the blood is redirected to our muscles in case we need to run. Obviously in today's world we don't need to run away from a predator, but this is how we as humans have evolved. An altered sympathetic nervous system activity is thought to be associated with obesity. 
Normally, it causes fat tissue to be broken down and converted to glucose so our muscles can use it. In obesity, this process is said to be less effective and may actually lead to fat accumulation. The exact mechanisms and details are still unknown, but it can be said that this is another factor potentially contributing to obesity. Finally, we'll look at how genetics contribute to obesity. There are many gene mutations that can lead to it. In most cases, it is a polygenic predisposition, meaning that many genes are involved. An example is the FDO gene, which is associated with higher BMI in humans. Another important genetic pathway to mention is the leptin melanocortin pathway. Mutations in these genes lead to obesity and especially childhood onset obesity due to leptin resistance. So, we have looked at several factors that can lead to obesity. Now let's move on to look at why those with obesity are at increased risk of severe COVID disease. I have said before that obesity isn't just a condition of its own. It is associated with many other conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, etc. So it comes as no surprise that those with obesity are at higher risk of severe COVID-19 disease due to their associated conditions. In terms of diabetes, coronavirus infection possibly triggers higher stress conditions within the body, leading to the release of hormones which lead to an increase in blood sugar levels such as glucagon. This obviously means that people with diabetes find it more difficult to control their blood sugar levels and may find their normal therapy regimes don't quite work for them. This not only allows coronavirus to invade more readily, but also increases risk of diabetic complications such as diabetic ketoacidosis, also known as DKA. DKA happens when there are very high levels of sugar in the blood, causing the body to start burning fat to get energy, as the glucose isn't actually being taken up by the cells. But fat has to be converted into something called ketone bodies before it can be used as an energy source. In DKA, there are high levels of these ketone bodies, which can actually make the blood more acidic. High acid levels in the blood are very dangerous, as it can lead to breathing trouble and even coma in severe cases. The inability to control blood sugar levels has also been linked to their white blood cells acting abnormally and being present in smaller numbers, meaning the coronavirus displays a stronger infection. There are many other reasons why, which we have covered in detail in our episode on diabetes and COVID-19, so please feel free to check that out. In terms of heart disease associated with obesity, it has been found that COVID-19 is not just a disease of the lungs. It is also a disease which affects the heart and blood vessels. The coronavirus enters cells by binding to the ACE2 receptor, found in many organs such as lungs, heart, blood vessels and more. Any virus that comes into your body will try and enter your cells through receptors on their surface, to which the virus will attach and then enter the cell infecting it. They are like binding sites for the virus. People who have high blood pressure usually take medicines called ACE inhibitors, also known as angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors. They do exactly what they say. They stop the angiotensin-converting enzyme from doing its job, which is to increase blood pressure. They can also take another type of medicine called angiotensin receptor blockers, which stop the enzyme from doing its job, but this time by blocking its binding sites on the cells it normally acts on. Both of these medicines lead to an increase in levels of this ACE2 receptor, meaning more opportunities for the virus to enter cells in the body. It is thought that when the virus enters heart muscle, it can cause heart dysfunction and disrupt the regular rhythm of the heart too. However, it should be said that taking ACE inhibitors or angiotensin receptor blockers should not be stopped in those with high blood pressure, as there is no solid evidence that this is very detrimental in COVID-19. 
So we can see why people with obesity are at risk of severe COVID-19 disease. Their obesity puts them at high risk as well as the associated conditions that come along with obesity. It is a multifactorial basis for this increased risk. On a more molecular level, obesity is associated with excess inflammation in the body. Inflammation refers to the body fighting off things that harm it, and it includes the action of many types of white blood cells and chemicals called cytokines, which are messenger molecules that cells use to communicate with each other. The inflammation that occurs in obesity disrupts a normal body environment, so the immune system is always busy trying to repair this inflammation. When we add an infection such as coronavirus on top of that, people with obesity simply don't have the capacity to deal with the two things at the same time. This is a possible explanation as to why people who are obese are at more risk with COVID-19. As well as this, obesity has been associated with an impaired immune response as it leads to a decrease in several cells and molecules associated with their immune system. There is decreased cytokine production, abnormal white blood cell function, and even a delay in our immune system responding to a foreign pathogen. The immune systems of those with obesity are generally underactive, allowing for coronavirus to cause a more severe infection. It has been found that young people with severe obesity tend to move towards respiratory failure caused by severe COVID disease. There is no current explanation for this presentation, but it is known that severe obesity is associated with sleep apnea syndrome and surfactant dysfunction. Sleep apnea is when your breathing stops and starts while you sleep. Surfactant is a liquid produced by your lungs that reduces the surface tension and prevents your lungs from collapsing. Both sleep apnea and abnormal surfactant can lead to severe COVID-19 disease, meaning patients may end up requiring ventilation. Population studies have also shown that hospitalised patients with obesity are far more likely to develop secondary infections and complications such as sepsis. Sepsis is a life-threatening condition caused by the body's overwhelming response to infection that can lead to tissue damage, organ failure and even death. In addition to this, severe obesity in itself has been named a risk factor for severe H1N1 influenza infection, which is a, sim which is a similar infection to the new coronavirus. So, what is the current advice for people with obesity? The World Health Organization advises that everyone regularly washes their hands and maintains social distancing where possible. For those with obesity, they should make sure that any other condition they have, such as diabetes, is well managed and controlled to avoid risks. They should try and maintain healthy eating and undertake daily physical activity as much as they can. This is of course applicable to everyone, but especially important for those with obesity. By exercising regularly, their risks of heart disease can be reduced, and healthy eating will not only help with weight loss, it will also boost immune system. Having said this, the psychological and mental health impact of obesity is a major factor we cannot miss. We have had a previous episode where we discussed why people with obesity are prone to mental health issues and the common stereotypes surrounding them. As a summary, it is often assumed that obesity is under personal control, meaning that people think a lot of times it is self-inflicted due to laziness and lack of knowledge. This can make people with obesity feel stigmatised and puts them at risk of having low self-esteem, depression and a poor quality of life. Of course, this is not true as we have discussed the genetic and hormonal involvement in obesity and length. We need to make sure that as a society, we should never stigmatise those with obesity, as this can make them less likely to seek medical help. 
Instead, we should empathize and encourage them to make a lifestyle change in a healthy manner. People with obesity need special medical care that tackles their physical health conditions while also helping them mentally. Lockdown is now lifting at various rates in the UK and all over the world. This is good in some ways as it lets people with obesity get back to a routine and also rejoin weight loss support groups in the community. However, the coronavirus has not disappeared and the idea of a second wave will understandably be concerning and frightening for those who are at higher risk. We need a government level and community level effort to reassure people who are anxious. Throughout this episode, we've touched on how obesity comes about in the first place and why those with obesity need to be extra careful with COVID-19, as they're more prone to developing the severe form of the infection. I hope it is now clear that obesity is a multifactorial condition and not just a simple case of overeating. And I also hope you've learned why those with obesity are at higher risk of severe COVID disease. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Please do follow us on our Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Please like and share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues. And of course, I always welcome any feedback. If you have any requests for future podcasts, then absolutely let us know. As always, we're very grateful for the support we are receiving. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier, signing off. <music>